Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. We're going to be talking about grief. She is an author, a speaker, and a licensed therapist with more than 20 years of experience. She is also a grief expert. So, Edie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Well, why don't you start off by giving the audience a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. So... Grief is usually one of those topics that nobody wants to talk about. And I really met grief pretty early on and maybe not the way that somebody might think of grief, like the loss of a loved one or, you know, a grandmother dies or a pet dies. And, you know, as a child, certainly losing a pet can, can bring about a big grief reaction. But we, we face a lot of different types of grief as we, as we go through life. And th- that grief can be bullying. That grief can be cruelty. That, that grief can be sexual abuse. That grief can just, just be and so many different, take so many different paths and angles. And so I, I really started this conversation with grief, you know, as a, as a, as a young girl and then as I, as I matured and, and fell in love and, you know, lost love is also a part of grief. And then, and then lost a partner uh, when I was 27 years old. And it just about, I don't know, killed me, I think, because it, it took me into areas that I never thought I'd want to go or needed to go. His, his death um, changed the trajectory of my life. And I became hungry to understand grief and how it functions and how we live with it and how we maybe can dance with it. So when you say dance with grief, explain what you mean by that. Sure. Too often we think about grief as something that we want to keep as far away from us as possible. And when we try to push something away, it's, it's like anxiety. Like when we try to ignore anxiety and, and how anxiety feels, you know what happens? It gets bigger. And grief is the same way. When we, when we, feel, when we feel its grip, like we've, we're in this pandemic and we've been suffering through it and there's been isolation and depression and anxiety and high rates, unfortunately, of suicide. And when we can learn how to partner with what feels like an adversary, it perhaps can teach us how to get into the, the depths of, of the soul, of the self. And so I use the metaphor of the dance because sometimes when we dance with someone, it's great. And sometimes they step on our toes. So tell us about the stages of grief. What are the stages of grief that people go through when they're grieving? So I'm, I'm thrilled that you asked that question. Because the way that I think of grief is actually not through what is called 
you know, in psychological terms, stage theory. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was a wonderful engineer of getting us to start to talk about grief and loss. The thing is, is that when she wrote the five stages of grief, what she wrote about was the stages for someone who was dying. And I really talk to people, not necessarily who are dying, but really the survivors, the survivors of, of a loss, the survivors of a breakup. And so I really look at this instead of stages as phases and that they move in and out of one another, oh, also like a dance. And in the movement that, that they make between all of these varied emotions from emotional armor, which I think of as the first go-to all the way down, and there are 11 of them that I cite uh, in my book that, you know, it's grief, the dance of self-discovery through trauma and loss, that, that in, in the book, I, I go from the emotional armor where we need to protect ourselves. Some of it is by choice. Some of it we, we are not choosing. All the 11th phase, 11th phase, which is grace. You've come to terms with the grief, but it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's just not pressing on you as hard. And in between, but there's anger and there's rage and there's anxiety and there's role confusion. Who am I during this pandemic where there's been like this grief? Where, who am I now that I've lost my partner? Who am I because I've been shot? Who am I? Who am I? And those are all parts of grief. Well, let me ask this question because I've always considered grief being, like you said, the death of a loved one, even losing a a partner, I've never really saw that as grief. So how would a person that maybe see things the way that I do before I talk to you, how do they actually know that they are grieving and know that they might need help or that they might need to dance with it like you talk about? Mm. So you, when when we think about like stages, and, and then we move into this other perspective. If it's not from the loss of a loved one, as you say, I think that the grief can feel like we're, we're, not, we're not our optimal selves. We feel a, a depth of loss, of yearning. Life does not feel comfortable on any level. When, when we see a loved one being harmed and we can't do anything about it, there's grief there. When we feel that we can't speak up and sometimes we, we need to find our silence, there's grief there. And when, when someone comes into my office, I don't ask them to tell me their story. I ask them what they're yearning for. I ask them what they're hungry for. Because the unmet hunger and the yearning, the unmet yearning is, is grief. And it begins that conversation in a very real, dedicated and honest way to approach the yearning and the hunger as a response to something that is affecting that person from living their best lives with their best selves. 
So speaking of coming into your office, you have a unique way in your practice of helping your clients deal with grief. So explain what methods you use to help your clients when they come into your office for a session and they're grieving. When someone comes into my office, as I said, I'm going to ask them what you're yearning for. The paradigm that I use is that they're they're on a hero's journey. And from my perspective, we're all on a hero's journey. And what that hero's journey looks like is we start with the ordinary self and then we get struck by whatever whatever causes that grief. Maybe it's illness, maybe it is a loss of a loved one, maybe it's a loss of a limb, or maybe it's somebody who's just bullied us to shreds. And and that is the moment when something changes within within our bodies, within our brains. And and then as you're, you're moving through that hero's journey, you, you, you say, no, this isn't happening. And then there's all this denial and you push it away and you push it away. And then you enter into the hero's cave and that cave is dark and it's deep and it's where you must face yourself. I see the work of the therapy as really looking at the self. And I do that in a myriad of ways from storytelling to sometimes working with clay to sometimes sharing a book, doing exercises such as role play such as creating amazing masks where there my client is given a, a blank mask and I will do this like in, in a group and, and each person is given this blank mask and they are asked to sit with this mask and write on it or draw on it. And believe it or not, when you take what is going on inside of you and you put it onto something, well, whether it's a mask or into a journal or uh, havoc within your soul and your psyche, and it, and it releases you. Combined with that, I use something called EMDR, which is a wonderful technique that helps to move the way the brain holds on to trauma and through different ideas of how you're going to think about something, it can actually change the way that your brain holds on to the, to the trauma and the grief. And it's using, it's utilizing left brain and right brain. It's an eye movement. You follow a finger or you follow a dot, or actually you listen to beeps that, that move from left to right. And it's actually working the brain while you're changing the way you hold on to the the thinking around the, the the grief or the trauma. You say that grief is personal evolution, integration, and something everyone can master. Explain what you mean by that and what are the ways that we can master grief. Well I do believe that it you master it by joining it instead of fighting it. And Grief is an unexpected ally. It takes us to places we never thought we'd go, we wouldn't choose to go. And yet it is an ally. And it, it, it helps us to perhaps look deep into ourselves. And the mastery is not that you get over it. Because I don't, I don't, 
I don't know, losing someone is, is so hard and so devastating. And if we talk, if we just even think about that kind of loss, the mastery of the grief is not about forgetting. It's about learning how to remember more peacefully. It's about integrating it and integrating it in such a way that you know it's there, but it doesn't take you down. You are listening to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast with my guest, Edie Nathan. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. The question was, have we got any funny or embarrassing travel stories? I was flying back from one of the CSUN technology conferences and a person got in beside me, a lady. She was all on for a big chat. I was not all on for a big chat. And I said, I sorry, I difficult for me English because I not. Uh, so I pretend. So that was fine. She stopped talking. And so. an hour or so into the flight, the drinks trolley came round. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, now you're trapped. And the air hostess says, "Welcome back to Can the I get you? The Listen, could I have a Carlsberg, please?" My Irish accent. Subscribe to Blank Eyes Chat wherever you get your podcast. Always read the lip because hysteria terms and conditions do not apply. Yes, you all you deal with grief, but you're also a sex therapist. Could you explain? to the audience what that means and what you provide in that area? Certainly. The, uh, as a sex therapist, I work with trauma because I, I could see that my work with grief was often around people coming in and, and, and feeling grief, the grief over aging and the grief over maybe women who would come in and, 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 have painful sex or men who would come in and they're saying, I can't perform the way I used to. And the grief and the sense of loss of self because they couldn't be who they used to be. And the mourning around that was extensive. And then the, the sexual and physical and emotional abuses that unfortunately too many people face in their lives that the sexual issues around that were extensive. And so it led me into becoming a sex therapist so that I could really work with the the whole person. You know, our our sexuality is part of what defines us. And sometimes there are people who question their sexuality or question their gender, and they are infinitely isolated as a result. so just being able to help people navigate through their own grief reactions and trauma as it relates to their bodies and it, as it relates to their souls and, and the language that they have about uh, caring for the, the whole, all of the parts of them. And that's how I became a sex therapist. Sex therapy is is a field that, that, you know, anybody can call themselves a sex therapist, but um, there's actually a, a certification that goes on and it's lengthy and the process of the education is, is powerful. And if anybody, any of your listeners ever th- think about, you know, reaching out to a sex therapist, just make sure that they've got certification. It is really, really important. When you deal with people that's dealing with different types of grief, do you do things different or do you 
treat everybody the same. Like, for example, if somebody comes in and they've lost a partner or somebody comes in needing sex therapy, how do you determine what are some of the ways you determine how you deal with each situation that you face with your clients on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Grief is like your fingerprint and everyone has a different fingerprint. So I don't, I, I deal, I work with everyone as they are. And that means that I don't have some pre-planned method of working with them. It's going to be what, what I do, what we do together is going to depend on their story and their sense of safety and how much, you know, they feel they can be pushed or how much they want to shift. Because sometimes people think that the work of the therapy doesn't really require their presence. And it really does. It's a it's a, it's a union, if you will, that gets formed and that, and that union is sacred. And I will never expect somebody to walk into my office or into a group or into a, you know, a, a, a large training and, and think, oh, they are, they're going to trust me. They, they should, they, they should not trust me. The last thing they should do is trust me. That, that needs to be earned. And so the process is, is, is delicate. It's slow. It depends on if someone has ever had any kind of therapy before, or if, the, if it's brand new, uh, it depends on if they are able to actually talk about what's going on, or if it's so deeply buried that they don't even have a language around it. So it is not a one size fits all. Um, I've got, I've got blouses like that, but I, I certainly don't have therapy like that. Tell us about your book and give us the name of it. Tell us where we can purchase it and kind of give us a brief breakdown of what we can expect when we read your book. Sure. Yeah. The book is called It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. It uh, You could buy it on Amazon or if you come to my website, I also have it on my website as well as some other really cool stuff on the website. So uh, there's going to be quizzes. I don't have the quiz up yet, but there's a grief quiz and there's going to be blogs there. So it's ednathan.com and ed is spelled E-D-Y. And my last name is N-A-T-H-A-N.com. The book is um, really broken down into different sections, but I would say the tenant of the book is that what grief does is it, it kind of causes you to take a look at the self. And when you can get to know you, then you'll have a better understanding of the kind of help you need. And what that means is if you're an introvert, I'm not going to tell you to go, go to a group I may not even suggest that you see one person. Maybe you just talk to a friend who's non-judgmental and who can hold you and witness you in your pain. And that may be the best, best help you can get. If you're an extrovert, maybe you want to join a group and you want to join, uh, have some individual therapy and you're also talking to your friends. And if you're somewhere in the middle and that's called an ambivert, well, maybe you'll do a little bit of both. You'll, you'll need to go inside, but you can also seek help externally. And, and that, that I have three different kind of 
personality positions. And, and one of those has, happens to be the introvert extrovert eclipse. And, and then there are two others. So there's a whole chapter on assessing the self. And, and so when you know yourself, you will know you have a better sense of the kind of help that will be a better fit for you. And then the 11 phases and, and, and then the tools from breathing to this EMDR that I just mentioned and journaling and talking to a friend and owning the self, learning to have a voice, learning to say, no, I don't want to talk about it. Not now. Do you have any projects, upcoming projects, or any speaking engagements or anything that you're working on right now that the listeners need to know about? Well, I have just started a new project with a group of three folks, and we call ourselves The Pivot Quest. And actually, that's also a website. And if you go onto the website, there's a free 35-minute talk about resilience and risk. And I talk about superpowers and grief. And, and then there's a booklet that, that, that also um, is, a, is a free download. And that's, it's, a, it's a very, very exciting project that feels like it's going to be extremely expansive. So that's, that's certainly one, one piece. And I've, I've got a couple of books in the works right now. One is called Ghost Self and the other is T is for trauma. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot happening right now, and it's it's very very exciting. Well, give us your social media links. Tell us what platforms you're on, so that way we can keep up with all the exciting things that you're doing. Because it sounds like you're a busy woman. <laughs> you know, I I I love the idea of giving and gifting people who are like me out there just trying to make things work. And the best way to find me on social media, um, if you put my name into, into uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, if you go to my website, all of those links are there. They're right there. So you can just go immediately there. But if you just put in my name, Edie Nathan, you'll, you'll, you'll find me. And as well, even on Amazon, you just put in E-D-Y-N-A- T-H-A-N, and I'm right there on Amazon. And those are those are platforms where you can learn more about me. But also I want to hear from you. I want to hear what's going on with you. I want to hear how how you're holding, how how you're holding up during this time and and how your voice has maybe become clearer to you or what you've learned, because that's all part of, of this conversation. It's less about me and more about you. Well, we're definitely about to make it more about you. Do you have any final thoughts before we close it out? One of my favorite movies is The Wizard of Oz. And there's something about her red shoes. And those red shoes are about power. And I believe that we all have power, even if we don't recognize it that we can tap into it. So the way that I like to end is you've had the power all along. Now use it. Definitely. And listeners, while you're using that power, please also use it to follow, rate, review, 
share, and tell a friend after listening to this episode. Edie Nathan. Edie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This was lovely. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.